I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of That Witch Podcast. I hope you already know. I'm Danny, That Witch Next Door, your guide, your mentor, your instructor in all things witchcraft, astrology, magic, and business. Here I am. It's so nice to talk to all of you again. I want to take a minute to say a few things before we jump into today's episode. And... The main theme of those things is gratitude, and it's for all of you. People, you're just making this humble little modest witch next door's dreams come true, and I am floored just week after week, day after day at the unwavering, immensely powerful support of this community, of this witchy neighborhood that I have created here. And because of all of you, I'm, I'm, I'm living that dream. I just, I know that we've, we've heard that statement, you know, celebrities say it and stuff all the time. I get it. It, It's valid because I feel it so wholeheartedly. I could not do this if it wasn't for all of you. And so thank you to everybody who who listens to the episodes and yes of course to my amazing clients that that book services with me but even anyone that just leaves me a great review on Apple or likes my content or saves my content on Instagram or follows me on TikTok or or listens to this episode your support is not going unnoticed. And I'm just so insanely grateful for all of you. This is the third podcast that I've done. And I've been a guest on several other podcasts, but this is the third of my own making. And I've never experienced podcast growth like this before. And it's it's humbling. It's so amazing. Um, each episode is reaching well over a hundred listeners. That's we're at the time of me recording this, I'm less than 30 days into this podcast journey. And I just, I'm floored by those analytics. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. I, I notice every single time somebody recommends this show to somebody. And I just want to let you know those people that you recommend me to, they really do come find me and they share their words of gratitude and support. And uh, it's just this beautiful, shining love cycle all around. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another cute little announcement I have, if you will, is I am on TikTok. So it happened. And I don't know exactly how I feel about this. I want to speak on this on the show for a reason. And that reason is because if you know me on a personal level at all, the last couple of years, you know very well how adamantly against joining TikTok I've been. And there are plenty of valid reasons for that, just like there are plenty of valid reasons to avoid any social media platform in general. But I I will say that I'm really, really glad that I finally just opened my mind and gave it a try. And I I think that me doing this, because I just, I mean, I just recently join TikTok. I only have a few videos up. Like it's, this was very, very recent. I never even had an account before that. So if I saw a TikTok video, it's because someone shared it to Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook, but, or texted it to me or whatever. But so not only did I start a brand new page from scratch on TikTok for my business, I also am a brand new little baby TikTok user. So I'm also learning just the app in general. And I will say 
it's hilarious and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> so if you are anything like me, you're and you're avoiding TikTok. Um, and let's just call it what it is out of stubbornness. Cause that's what I was doing. I talked so much shit about it. I was like, well, now I can never join because I said so much crap about it. But really, if you are anything like me and you've been avoiding TikTok for the same or similar reasons, like the just straight up misinformation that I think a lot of us have seen, especially in the spiritual industry and the witchcraft community, see passed around. Um, there's a lot of watering down of this practice and this craft that happens. And let's be honest, it's new and all the youngins are doing it. And so those of us that are like hitting our thirties or mid thirties now, we're like, now those are for the kids and I'm not a kid anymore. But I want to encourage you to have an open mind. Don't knock things till you try them. You can join for a week or two. And if it's that terrible and it really is not for you, then you could delete it. But you might find uh, yourself in a similar position as myself, which is I seriously, like I need another platform in addition to Instagram because Instagram has so many glitches for me. There are so many glitches that happen in stories and reels. Honestly, nowhere else. I have zero problems, um, zero technical issues on Instagram, except uh, stories and reels. And if you're a creator, an entrepreneur, and you have used social media or use Instagram to build your business and you know the amount of time and effort that you take to create even just one piece of content, then you know how frustrating it is that it gets messed up or screwed up or whatever by something completely beyond your own control. Like it had nothing to do with a lack of planning and procrastinating. It has nothing to do with you not showing up wholeheartedly or trying your best, right? It's just totally beyond your control. And it is insanely frustrating. So I realized I was kind of putting most of my eggs into the Instagram basket and a couple eggs into the YouTube basket. And I am restructuring this a little bit. And now I'm trying to put more like equal amounts of eggs into, do you like my analogies on this show? Because <laughs> I just run with them forever. Uh, I want to put equal-ish amounts of eggs into TikTok and Instagram, um, maybe a little bit less into YouTube and build that. Mostly that's because I am learning the technical side of video making and video editing in the background. So it is not easy. I would like to just say, hey, YouTube, hey, YouTubers who have been doing this for a while that are totally self-taught, you're killing it and you inspire me every day. I'd go watch all kinds of random different YouTube channels just to gain inspiration to see what people use to edit, what kind of transitions, how long their videos are, the content, blah, blah, blah. The list is so long. And just thank you for doing what you do because you're really helping a fresh YouTube uh, baby like me. So I am on TikTok. It is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. You should go follow me at thatwitch.nextdoor. And, uh, you know, you should also follow and subscribe to my channel on YouTube too. I would really appreciate that. Instagram, stop getting on my shit list. Okay. So I'm thankful for all of you. I'm on TikTok. Uh, what's the last update that I had? Oh, so how is everybody? The energy has been interesting since our last episode, since we last sat together. It's been very, very interesting. And I hope that you take a minute to kind of sit and reflect on this last week. And wh what did it feel like for you? What did you experience? It's been very, very interesting for me. But today... Today, the moon moves into Aries, and this is perfect for today's episode because 
I thought it was really cool that last episode, we had a fire moon as well. Last episode, I released the moon was in Sagittarius and going to move into Capricorn uh, much, much later in the day or later in the evening, I believe. And today we will have a good half, good first half of the day in Pisces. At least I'm going based off of mountain time here in Denver. Uh, We'll be in Pisces. and then. This afternoon, almost exactly 1 o'clock p.m. MST, the moon's going to move into Aries. And the reason this is really perfect is because if you remember from last episode, we are at the beginning of a journey where to even begin in witchcraft and astrology, right? And so what I will be doing is a super awesome, fun series of episodes all about fundamentals, okay? Fundamentals in witchcraft, fundamentals in magic, fundamentals in astrology, fundamentals in psychic work, and fundamentals in entrepreneurship and small business ownership. And I'm really, really, really excited to do this because this is what I do for a living. I work with novice business owners or baby witches or maybe you're not necessarily a baby witch, but you're really looking to take your practice or your business to the next level and scale up. This is what I do. And so I thought that kind of taking what I do in a lot of my sessions and putting it into different episodes would be a total blast. And I'm really excited because if you've listened to my show before, if you've been following on me on Instagram or on social media, you have very likely heard me say in the past that, because I, I said it last episode too, uh, starting at the beginning, going back to the basics, getting back to the fundamentals, getting back to the building blocks, regardless of your experience and how long you've been practicing is super important. And very, very beneficial. The reason it's important is because we don't want to get so far away from the fundamentals and so far away from the basics by never revisiting them again that they become super old and dusty for us. Things are always a changing. The fundamentals are always changing. We look at astrology. That's a perfect example. We only knew a certain amount of planets existed for a very, very long time. And so when we started discovering the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, uh, asteroids, right? These things, this was in a big way going back to the drawing board, right? For modern astrology, we really had to go back to the drawing board and back to the basics to kind of fit in the modern planets. And there is... Uh, traditional astrology and traditional astrologers, sorry, <laughs> traditional astrologers that uh, specifically study and work with the traditional planets and actually don't work as much with or even perhaps at all with the outer planets. It really is what resonates with you. Bottom line is that when we revisit the basics and fundamentals of areas of practice or study in, in, you know, in witchcraft, astrology, business, all this, it is just like rewatching your favorite movie or rereading your favorite book. And you're going to pick up on all these new little messages and signs that come out to you that maybe that first time around that you were learning or studying, you weren't meant to have that message yet. And so this is why I really like going back to the drawing board. Now, as far as today's fundamental goes, as I'm sure you saw in the podcast title, we are getting into the elements. And I am so excited about this because I am an elemental witch through and through. I really find the elements to be the glue of everything. From my professional to my personal life, from witchcraft to astrology, all from kitchen magic to death magic, all of these different branches and areas of who I am and what's in my life can become this beautiful, cohesive experience through the elements. And quite honestly, that's actually a really good way to kind of describe what they are and the purpose that they serve. The elements are in 
everything. That's why if you've started studying witchcraft or astrology, I guarantee you've already come across this, or at the least you've seen people talk about it on social media. Water signs, fire signs, right? Or, you know, today we're working with water energy or air energy. So uh, you've probably at the very least heard about this. And it is is there because it's in everything. It's really in everything. And so today we are going to talk about the elements in a big cumulative way by going through each element and kind of what it looks like in all these different areas of life in, in astrology and witchcraft business, right? We're going to, we're going to talk about each element that way instead of you know, me talking about just the elements and what they are. And then on another episode, I bring up the tarot suits and I mention elementals again. And then in another episode, I bring up the zodiac signs and I mention the elements again. And you see what I'm saying? Instead, we're going to talk about each of the four elements today as big umbrellas. And we're going to talk about a lot of the main characteristics under each umbrella. Okay. It's a good one. Okay. So what are the elements? There's four of them. There's a fifth element, which is our connection to spirit and universe. Okay. We're not going to get super into that. We're going to stick to the four elements today. Water, earth, air, fire. We are going to talk about the elements in the order they appear in the zodiac, though, because it'll help me stay organized while I record, honestly. So that brings us first and foremost to fire. And fire is the perfect place to start because fire represents that spark, that spark of life beginning. When we think of spark of life, I want you to think of a match striking. Okay, that's that spark that spark that lights something. Fire really begins so many things. First of all, in a historical sense, fire was the beginning of a big evolutionary upgrade for humans when we started cooking our food and being able to keep ourselves warm. Real, real game changer back then. And we... I I studied this a couple of years ago. I get in like ancient historical or ancient history rabbit holes and I will stay there and study ancient history for like two months and then I'll wait till the next year and I'll do it again. But one of my most recent dives that I took into ancient history taught me something fascinating, which was when, you know, why? When when we started cooking our food, why did that make such a big difference? Well, because it killed so much harmful bacteria, number one, that could have potentially, um, maybe it didn't kill you right off the bat, but it gave you something that we didn't have the immunities to fight off. And so it'd make you get really sick. And then maybe you'd die more of like dehydration. Um, but it also breaks down certain types of food so that our bodies can more effectively and efficiently digest them. And we actually absorb much, much more beneficial nutrients that way. And this led to some serious brain development for us. So fire, the reason I'm going through all of this is because this is what elemental magic is. This is what elemental energy is. It is so broad and so embedded and intricate with, you know, and intertwined with everything that once you start practicing elemental magic, you will find yourself seriously almost classifying everything in my opinion this is how you begin to quote unquote master the elements okay so fire's role is this spark right life giver and because of this it also brings with it passion lust 
creativity. Because these are things that come from sparks. That's how I always look at it anyways. Fire energy and the fire element gets us to tap into our most basic instincts. Our purest forms of identity also lie in the fire element. I personally believe that we learn most of our authenticity through the fire element because fire brings courage and confidence. And because it initiates creativity and heart's passions, you know, heart's passions are some of the most authentic things that come from us. Our passions, those things that really light our fire, eh, see, that is a a representation of our most authentic, you know, version of ourselves or some of our most authentic parts of ourselves. There's no, there's really no adapting and conforming to, you know, other people in fire. Like fire, you're not going to find mimicking very often. You're going to, you're going to find more along the lines of initiatory, very original energy. And these, these big broad themes that I'm giving you, I'm giving them to you because these are the types of themes to use the fire element and energy for in your life, in witchcraft, in your personal life, in business. When you are needing to strengthen one of these areas or ask for assistance in one of these areas, you're going to want to look to the fire element, okay? So some things that fall into the fire element are going to be, so let's, let's talk first about the fire signs. Aries, then Leo. So Aries is the cardinal fire zodiac sign. Then Leo, which is the fixed zodiac sign. And finally, Sagittarius, which is the mutable fire sign. And when we think of all the elements in relation to astrology and the zodiac signs, and we're going to use fire as an example and just know that this applies to all of the other elements as well. Think of Aries to Leo to Sagittarius as this story of evolution, as specifically as the story of evolution of the fire journey which is the spark, right? That's what Aries is. It's the spark, the initiation. Then it morphs and it evolves into fixed fire energy in Leo, which is where the fire element learns to stabilize and maintain. Very important because fire can go out as quickly as it starts. But fire can also be one of the most mighty sustaining forces on our earth as well. And so that's where, you know, fire starts as the spark, masters kind of that energy. And then it evolves into this sustainable fixed fire energy where it learns how to maintain. This is very important for fire. And finally, fire ascends to Sagittarius, to the mutable fire energy, which is it's learning to be flexible and adapt. In particular, it real, it with uh, Sagittarius, that is, it really learns to follow its own light. Fire, by the time it gets to Sagittarius, has strengthened its instincts and its intuition and its its own trust in its instincts and intuition that when it gets to Sagittarius, its main lesson or its main purpose is, is learning to just simply master nothing but following that light of intuition and instinct. There's no questioning it. That's that 
pure, unadulterated confidence that the fire element brings. Okay, so from the scope of astrology, this is really where we look at the fire element. In tarot, fire is represented by the suit of wands. And therefore, when we're reading tarot, and we pull any wand card, we know right off the bat we're dealing with passions, we're dealing with action energy, right? Very intense energy in general because it's so action-based, it's so initiatory, it's so creative and so authentic. Now, fire energy that's really balanced and really developed, you know, really houses and displays all of these different qualities that I've been telling you about. But let's talk a little bit about an overabundance of fire and then a lack of fire and what these things look like. Because this, I think, is really where using the elements comes into play as far as like daily witchcraft practice Daily, you know, again, just personal, individual mindfulness practice, and also really being able to use and apply astrology into all the areas of your life. I think that the best way to be able to do all that and learn about doing all that is through then understanding what does an overabundance of fire look like and what does a major lack of fire look like. So, overage surplus of fire is going to be that very very classic hot head this might be you this could be somebody else someone you know this is that hot head that person that just cannot seem to get their impulses under control they're so initiative that it morphs into impulsiveness. It goes, it, it moves past being, you know, really practical, very instinct and intuitive based instincts into very emotionally based impulsivity. When we have an overabundance of fire, we will see arrogance. We will see cockiness. We will see conceitedness. This is somebody who is letting their fires and flames burn so hot, they can't see past their own heat that they're radiating. That's too much. There needs to be a balance here, okay? really, between all four. And you'll learn that as we go along in today's episode. The main deal with elements is balancing out all four of them. So when we have a lack of fire, this is somebody who, Lord have mercy, second guesses everything that they do. This is somebody that probably second guesses themselves so much or has such a lack of confidence, they don't even try in the first place. This is someone who has a really, really hard time with new beginnings and someone who has a really, really hard time with change. Fire element brings with it a fuck ton of transformation. Um, Think of the analogy of like burning down to promote new growth. Uh, With a lack of fire, with that lack of kind of burning away all of the dead crap that you no longer need anymore, you're making it way harder for new growth. And therefore, your, you know, opportunity for new beginnings is much smaller or not even smaller. It's just that your eyes aren't open to it. You're not even allowing yourself to be open to new opportunities and new beginnings. This is somebody who tells themselves that they're not creative at all. And so they don't even try. They don't try to do anything creative at all because creativity is for artists. And, you know, obviously I'm not like some amazingly paid artist, so I couldn't possibly be creative. Creativity spans so much more than that. Creativity itself, imagination itself has no bounds. And so, you know, 
when we have a lack of fire, this is somebody really, really needing to work with that element to help boost that creativity, to help boost that confidence, help boost that courage. Really igniting your heart's fire, okay? I think that my favorite way or ways to tap into the fire element when I really am needing it is candle magic. It's just always going to be my go-to for fire element stuff. I love doing candle magic in general anyways. Most people do. It's pretty, it's just a satisfying ritual. It almost always is. It looks very witchy. You feel very powerful. That's what fire magic does for you, by the way. If you're not feeling very empowered lately or you're just not feeling powerful lately, this is usually from a lack of fire. And I personally think that doing candle magic is one of the best ways to start feeling powerful again. So candle magic, this is probably my go-to way, but I also like to cook a lot. And cooking on the stove, heating up your food, uh, this is very much working with fire energy. And for me, that's one of the most uh, rejuvenating things that I can do. If I'm not feeling creative, I go in the kitchen and see what I have and I make something. That's my favorite way to boost specifically my creative energy. And when you do that, that's working with the fire element. And then another great way is wearing fiery colors, red, orange, yellow. Yellow is also a color that corresponds to the air element and we'll get there. But I'm sorry, I'm always, always going to also count yellow as a fire color, We associate the sun with being yellow, sunflowers being yellow. There's so much yellow in Leo energy for me, which is fire again. So I'm going to always give some yellow to the fire. Okay. But yes, I know to all the perfectionists be included. I know that yellow is also a air color. So I'll wear uh, like some super sassy, like a, like a red skirt or bright red pants, bright red shirt. One of my favorite things to do when I don't feel like wearing that color, because I do, you probably noticed from watching the YouTube video, I like black and white a lot. I wear a lot of black, first of all, and I like a lot of cream. I do wear, I really am monochromatic a lot, and I, I do try to boost my color more and more. But on those days that I'm just feeling really monochromatic, no shame at all, I'll wear red underwear. I love doing that. So I'll wear like fiery red underwear, especially on Tuesdays, which is Mars Day. And Mars is a fire planet, okay? Uh, Tuesdays being Mars Day, by the way, wonderful day to really tap into and work with fire energy. That's another thing that you can do. Uh, it's not just about the the physical ritual you're doing, right? Like the wearing of the clothes or the candle. You could also just tap into fire energy by kind of looking ahead astrologically and kind of seeing and looking at fire energy that's upcoming. So like today, being an Aries moon, the moon will be in Aries until... Thursday evening. So today until Thursday, you know, through Thursday, the 26th, Aries moon energy, great time to work with the fire element. And Tuesdays, like I said, for Mars day, Sunday's always going to be a good day for that. Sundays are ruled by the sun. That is some powerful fire energy. And you could also use Thursdays as well. Being Jupiter day, number one, Jupiter will just expand on and blow up whatever element it is that you give him, you know, your intention to. So, hey, Jupiter, I really need to expand on my fire energy today and we'll focus there. But Jupiter also rules Sagittarius. So there is a lot of fire in Jupiter as well. Now, speaking of the sun, Sun magic, that is another wonderful way to connect with and work with fire energy. Even if the sun 
um, is behind clouds for most of the most of the days from wherever you live, it is there. And even if you live in those parts of the world where you don't get sunlight, like in Alaska for what is it like 30 days? Tapping into fire energy and really setting your intentions on calling and connecting with the energy of the sun, because even if it's not shining, it is always there. This is why sun energy and sun magic is so powerful and so important. And I love moon magic, you guys. I always will. Most of us always will. But a lot, a lot of people also forget about sun worship and sun magic as well. And it's just as beneficial for just completely different reasons in completely different ways. But the sun is always there. Why? Because we rotate around it. It's literally the center of our solar system. This is why in astrology, your sun sign is so loud and so important because of course, all of your other placements and aspects, all of it is so, so important. But we do really resonate so much with our sun sign because it's the core of who we are because the sun is the core of our universe. Sorry, our solar system. <laughs> I really meant to say solar system, not the universe. God, good gods, who knows what's the center of the universe? Maybe we'll discover it one day and our minds will be blown. Probably, literally. Because I don't know if our little brains can handle that knowledge yet. So that's fire. That's some fiery stuff. Where's the fire in your chart? I want you to go in your chart and look at where is Leo? Where is Sagittarius? Where is Aries? Do I have placements there? What houses are they in? What houses do they rule? Um, then look up the ruling planet for each of those. Aries is ruled by Mars. Leo is ruled by the sun. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Okay. So also look at those three ruling planets and look at where those are in your chart. Okay. By looking into your chart and looking at where these are for you uniquely, it will help kind of reveal some hidden secrets and keys just for you to unlock and embrace that fire energy in your specific chart, okay? This is why we, so many of us astrologers and witches, talk so often about uh, the elements in your chart because it really is almost like the secret code. Hey, do you need to know how and where fire plays a role in your life and how for you specifically you can tap into it and work with it? Check out astrology. Okay. Seriously though, do it. Let's move on <clears throat> to the next element, which is earth because next comes Taurus in the astrology. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Next comes Taurus in the story of the Zodiac. So, Earth, Earth, Earth. If you were listening to today's pre-show tarot reading, we talked a lot about the Earth element, and we actually talked a lot about the Earth element last time. We've been getting lots of pentacles. So, Earth rules or is associated with, as far as the Zodiac goes, Taurus, then Virgo, then Capricorn. Going off of the evolutionary story, right? Like we talked about with fire. With earth, the story is we start in Taurus. And this is where we physically, okay? Really physically become aware of our surroundings, of our environment, of our physical presence and existence in this life on this earth, okay? This is what Taurus does. Taurus is ruled by Venus, which I think is really beautiful because in that beginning stage of Taurus, we, yes, become aware of our surroundings, which means we are also shown the gifts of beauty and love and inspiration, right? All of those amazing gifts that Venus brings us. And uh, I just, I love Taurus energy so much. So in Taurus, we learn to possess things. This is our physical environment. This is our physical first like 
awareness. We're really laying down roots. We're building uh, shelter in Taurus. You know, we're building a structure. We're building a house for ourselves. We're filling it with things we are possessing. This is what Taurus does. It evolves and morphs. Oh, and Taurus, by the way, is fixed energy. This is why Taurus really builds and grounds out that, that physical environment. Okay. It's, it's sowing roots. If you know a Taurus or like someone with a lot of Taurus placements, you'll probably find that they have quite the green thumb. Taurus is really all the earth signs obviously are so connected to the earth. But since Taurus has that little kiss from Venus, it, oh my God, Taurus, I feel like just has to look at something and then it grows. So this is fixed very sustainable energy. We morph then into the mutable earth sign of Virgo. And Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So even though Virgo is an earth sign, it's ruled by an air planet. And this really gives it that unique intelligence that Virgo has. Every single one of the signs has a really unique intelligence. But in Virgo, that earth, very connected, very physical, so practical, right? If you are Virgo or have lots of Virgo in your chart, or you know heavy Virgo placements, then you know that practicality is the name of the game. It's logic, okay? It, it Very, very much so. But it adds when we when we get to add this this air element from mercury it really it really amplifies virgo's cerebral qualities and that's what gives virgo this very special type of intelligence that i'm talking about and so in virgo we've come from very fixed stabilizing maintaining Taurus. And now Taurus then morphs into Virgo and needs to learn how to master the art of adaptability. Okay. So since we are now in the mutable sign, Taurus morphs and gains a little bit of speed. Virgo is a very, very uh, fast moving energy, very quick, which again adds to their their intelligence because they're quick witted, they're quick thinking as well. But they're so connected and so present on earth that combined with that extremely quick cerebral quality about them, this is what makes Virgo like one of the best problem solvers and alchemists in the zodiac. They can completely adapt and change, sure, themselves, but really their environment around them. Virgo themselves doesn't even really have to adapt. The other mutable signs have this ability to kind of morph and adapt themselves to the environment. And in Virgo, we really actually have the opposite, where Virgo learns how to adapt its environment to itself. It learns how to create the most efficient energy and environment around it to then drive it to its highest potential, which is where Virgo then masters this and morphs and evolves into Capricorn, which is cardinal energy. And I really like this, by the way. I like, I think it's fascinating that in the earth evolutionary story here, we start at fixed. We start stable. And how perfect is that for Earth? Earth, at the beginning of its story, it starts out stable and fixed. That just makes so much sense to me because that's that dependency. That is that just countability that we can have on the Earth element, right? And so we start there, which means that through Taurus to Virgo to Capricorn, they've always learned and have taken with them this concept of maintenance. And then along the journey learns the adaptability. And those two can be really hard. Going from fixed and mastering that into adaptability, that can be a little bit 
a challenge, a challenging uh, transition there. But to end, to kind of end or top or complete your ascension and your enlightenment and evolution on a cardinal energy, Capricorn. I think this is fascinating because cardinal energy is instigating. It's brand new. It's fresh, right? We talked about this with Aries. And so this is why Capricorn is so incredibly successful in career, in building, in public uh, image in public society in helping structure big picture concepts because it first had to master fixed and maintaining and stabilization. Then it had to do the opposite and learn how to move all the time and adapt. And then finally, by the time it reaches Capricorn, in my opinion, that's when it gets to have fun. It gets to be creative and come up with new ideas. And so really Taurus and Virgo sets Capricorn up for a ton, ton of its very natural success. So earth is this rooted and practical energy. And the reason it's practical is when you think of earth, I want you to remind yourself, okay, if it's anything physical, I need to be able to somehow experience it with one of my five senses. That makes this, this thing fall into the earth category. Okay. Now, overabundance and a lack. What does that look like? Well, overabundance of earth, overabundance of practicality, overabundance of groundedness. You don't allow yourself to ever really connect with anything beyond this, beyond the right now. Presentness, mindfulness, really staying in the moment is a beautiful, beautiful practice. I still think that there are so many benefits to come from kind of unhinging a little bit, unanchoring yourself and letting yourself kind of flow off a little bit, says the Pisces moon, of course, but it's true. And so overabundance of earth, this is somebody who is so practical and logical that they have a really hard time with creativity and playfulness and imagination. They will hyper-prioritize responsibility and being stable and being dependent, okay, and being practical and being logical. Those can all be really beautiful things, but we don't have to stay in like in this consuming of them. We can allow ourselves to kind of float along and imagine things. We can allow ourselves to expand and open our mind to other possibilities that are beyond this earthly realm, this earthly life. This is what overabundance of earth needs to remember. It's okay to let go. It's okay to uproot yourself sometimes. In fact, some of your most beautiful growth will come from that. Now, a lack of earth This is, so definitely somebody with their head in the clouds all the time. Somebody who usually will come up with, you know, kind of excuses or justifications for why, you know, maintaining any kind of practicality or responsibility really just like isn't for them, man. You know what I mean? Like kind of that it's honestly, I'm just, I'm going to get blunt here. A lack of earth energy is that toxic 5D ascension new ager, that modern new age spiritualist that like totally bypasses very real, very tangible issues or problems or challenges or responsibilities. And they'll get caught in an avoidance cycle, quite honestly, and find themselves in escapism. To, to constantly escape this presentness, this present, this life, this earth. And that's, I mean, I want us all to spiritually ascend. But we don't do that by bypassing this life. I really want a lot of people to hear that. Like saying, I refuse to focus on the negative and stuff I see in the news 
Well, that stuff's happening. And you can't just pretend like it's not because you can't use any other word besides the word pretend. When we've got a lack of earth, earth is very real. Earth does not pretend very often, if at all. And that's, yeah, earth doesn't, doesn't pretend very often. And so anybody with this big lack of earth, there's somebody who kind of lives in fantasy and tells stories to themselves a lot. Now to work with and boost your, your earth energy, this is a plant magic and crystal magic. Those are probably the two most common. Uh, if you have plants, tending to them, talking to them, just being near them, putting them in a certain area. This is working with the earth element. This is a great, great way to tap into that. Uh, crystal magic because crystals and rocks and gems come from the earth. And so this is another really great way to connect with earth magic and earth energy, especially because of the weight of crystals. I find that that physical weight or that nice cool temperature of a crystal in your hand, you know, nothing really brings you to the physical and the present and the here and the now and this earth than working with plants and working with crystals, I think. So anything that works with your physical, physical environment and really focuses on um, being present in the moment, that is a very good way to uh, heighten your your earth energy within yourself, okay? Another one that a lot of people don't think of or tell you, <clears throat> uh, completing tasks and responsibilities. I'm serious. This really is a very good way to connect with the earth element because what it is, it's it's you honoring this life. It's you acknowledging and living this physical life by partaking in the different responsibilities and tasks that we have in order to, you know, live and thrive as humans. So eating and drinking can be very, very grounding practices. Really, when we try to make that food or drink as, you know, clean and as quality as, pro as possible, that is going to connect you the most efficiently to the earth element. So, uh, produce of any kind, fresh fruits, veggies, meats, and, um, like nuts and seeds and whole grains, things of this nature, things that are very minimally processed, um, that weren't jacked up with a bunch of like hormones or steroids or anything like that. Uh, this is going to connect you very, very much to the earth element. And honestly, drinking water, uh, also branches into how you can work with the water element. But however, it also does ground you in the physical moment. It is water and earth are very, very connected. Um, similarly to how air and fire are very connected. And so drinking a, you know, water or a special beverage or elixir or potion that you make. And remember, anytime you, anytime you just mix a drink, mindfully, that's an elixir or a potion. Okay. And when you do that, so this LaCroix, this is a perfect example. This can is really, really cold still. Every time I take a drink of it, I feel the bubbles, right? Like hitting my lips and my tongue and going down my throat. I feel and sense the temperature change of all of this. That, that's why drinking a liquid can be such a grounding experience because it brings you uh, very strongly to this physical present moment. So if you need grounding, we talk about this, not just in the witchcraft community, but in the mental health community a lot. When you're in need of grounding energy, uh, keeping some kind of you know, non-perishable, easy to travel snack or beverage with you is a great way to tap into and ground yourself while you're away from your home. Like if you're away from your plants or your crystals or anything. So really anything that tends to physicalness is going to be a great way to connect with and work with the earth element. Working out, um, you know, moving your body, giving your body any kind of nurturing or nourishment it needs. This is tending to your earth energy. And then 
anything to do with your physical environment as well. So cleaning a room, organizing a drawer, making your bed, these are bite-sized tasks. You know, notice I didn't say deep cleaning your whole house or, you know what I'm like, start small. Don't overwhelm yourself when you're experiencing a lack of one of these elements, don't just automatically overload your energy and your senses, okay? Do these things in bite-sized pieces that actually work for you. That's why I like giving these like simple tips, like wearing a certain color or organizing one drawer in your house. These are things that we can accomplish and we can absolutely build on as much as we feel called to, but that way we're also not totally and completely overwhelming ourselves at the same time, okay? Now, I could go on and on about the earth element because I I have to work with the earth element personally a lot. I tend to lean into my water energy the most. And if you see my chart, it definitely is dominated by the water element. Um, but I also lean very heavily into my, my air as well because it's such a prominent placement for me. My Mars is in Gemini. Um, and it's in my 10th house, which is this very public area. And so I, I really lean into my air qualities a lot, but I probably struggle the most with amplifying and embracing my fire energy and my earth energy. So for me personally, these are the two areas that I find I most commonly need to work with in order to kind of enhance or, um, you know, just kind of rework with in my life. And you'll find this for yourself as well. So same as fire, go look in your chart and look at where Taurus, where Virgo, where Capricorn are, and look to all of their ruling planets. Taurus is ruled by Venus. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. And Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Okay. And so looking at those ruling planets and where they're at in your chart, looking at what houses either contain or are ruled by the earth element for you, this will also give you that secret code to, you know, how you personally can best tap into that earth energy for yourself. Or honestly, where if you're experiencing an overabundance of an element, look for clusters of that energy and really look to how to balance this out. And the best way to balance this out is to look at um, the other the other elements. So like I said, for myself, I really lean into my water and my air qualities. So I know I need to look at um, my water and my air and my chart. Where is this energy taking place? Where is this happening? You know, why is this happening? And looking physically at that chart can help you see, oh, okay, so we really need to balance out because we've got this big cluster right here. No wonder so much of my energy is being really pulled and called to this area. Look at all this big, maybe wide open space. Maybe I need to kind of visit that element a little bit. Just because it's not in your chart doesn't mean you can't work with that element and really, again, master all of the elements, which is mastering balance, quite frankly. Okay. So this is it for part one of the elemental fundamentals. Do you like that? And I'm, I'm stoked on part two. We are going to get into the air element and the fire element. I, I really just wanted to split these into two parts because the elements are so important and so broad that I did not want to have to rush a single one of them. So that's it for part one of the elementals. In the first of the fundamental series, please let me know what questions that you have. What else can I elaborate on for you? Do you struggle with any of these areas? Are you an elemental witch? Are you an elemental witch and you didn't even realize that you were until you heard me describing all these qualities? 
Um, I would really, really love to know and to connect with all of you further. So until next time, until part two, I'm Danny. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of That Witch Podcast. I seriously appreciate every single listen, every single download of every single episode. If you want to help continue to support the show, you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps me reach other people that would enjoy the show as well. You can also just share the show with a friend or tag me on social media where you can also follow me at thatwitch.nextdoor on both Instagram and TikTok. If you want to work with me, I offer some really, really awesome one-on-one sessions with my clients. And I also will be launching a very cool mentorship coming up in the fall. If you want to book a session or join the waitlist for the mentorship, head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get access to every pre-show tarot reading that I do before every single episode, as well as some other fun stuff I have planned for YouTube down the line. All right. Thanks again, everyone. I appreciate all of you so much. Stay magical out there.